what the hell are you doing with that thing, man? It's just good, you know, I mean, what's your one-ass bullet? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, my name is Anna Portress, and joining me in the hot seat yet again, Matt Smith. You had my mouth set on some hash. Mm, we all want some hash, man, and today we're, we're, we're going to settle some hash by getting down to the Netflix and watching Harlem Nights. Uh, I had never actually seen this movie before, and uh, you you recommended it, having seen it previously to our discussion of whether or not to cover it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in in high school, I watched it quite a bit with uh, some buddies of mine, so uh, I had fond memories. Uh, We can, you know, see if they lived up to it here in a moment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man we talk a lot about that uh we we do it on uh we just did one on here movie podcast where we're talking about movies that you see television shows when you're a kid and you come back to them and uh, a lot of times maybe not that maybe that memory was best left in the past uh but let's go ahead and take a listen to the trailer for harlem nights in 1938 the nights belonged to harlem the place to be was Club Sugar Ray's. The man to know was Quick. Now when you see Quick, I suggest you guys make plans to go elsewhere. You ain't afraid of going up against Smalls or Calhoun. That's because you're young. (laughs) Come on! Full of vigor. Work for Mr. Calhoun. What kind of work do you do? Whatever's required. What would a woman that fine want in a big, fat, nasty, greasy, 12 sandwich eating? What does she want with it? Oh, and she likes fat guys. Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Danny Aiello. It's nice to meet you. Michael Lerner, Della Reese, Jasmine Guy. I'd like to go upstairs. Arsenio Hall. Oh, quick as mine. <laughs> Gotta stop overreacting. Overreacted? Harlem Nights. I thought I was the only person who slept with his guns under the pillow. Look at that little gun. (laughs) Coming Friday, November 17th at Theaters Everywhere. Alrighty, that was the trailer for Harlem Nights, and uh, this one is written and directed by Eddie Murphy. Who knew? This was his first and, uh, I think, last directorial uh, flick, yes? Yeah, it's the only movie that he's directed. And, uh, you know, it, so you've got him, you've got, uh, excuse me, Richard Pryor and uh, Red Fox, uh, mm-hmm. Della Reese. Uh, who else? We got who, Charlie Murphy. I love in this movie. We'll talk about her in just a minute, but I love Della Reese in this movie. Oh, yeah. She's, of anything else. she's super right. great in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said about her for sure. But uh yeah, man. So I, I would read you this, but the stupid thing does not want to work. Harlem Nights. Yeah, yeah. IMDB's I'll, not. Give, I'll give it to you. There we go. Uh during the nineteen thirties, a New York City illegal gambling house owner and his associates must deal with strong competition, gangsters, and corrupt cops in order to stay in business. Oh, and of course I forgot to mention Danny Aiello as well as Michael Lerner. Oh, who Michael Lerner's yeah. in this thing, man. Really good supporting roles for those guys too. 
Uh, so what what kind of, I mean, other than the fact that it was on Netflix, it was available, and it was something for us to watch, what kind of uh, sprung your mind into this being a movie that we would cover? Well, I just was thinking about, like, what are some of the, uh, you know, deeper cuts for especially uh, white white people on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I first saw this movie in high school. Um, I, of course, had seen other Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor stuff, but never this movie. Um, it was uh, over at my friend, uh, my friend James's house. Uh, his, his dad or somebody had it on, and uh, we were laughing our ass off, and we watched it pretty uh, regularly over uh uh, from there on out. Uh, so, um, yeah, that was, that's kind of uh, how I stumbled onto it. And I thought, hey, this would be an interesting one to, like, suggest to people or give them a, a, an idea of what is all out there. It's not just the hot new thing on Netflix. Uh, yeah. They've been bolstering some of their 80s stuff in particular lately, I think, based on all of the nostalgia things they've produced uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of 80s content. But, um, yeah. Uh, that, that's that's why it sprung to mind. I'd just been wanting to rewatch it, and I, it popped up in my Netflix recommendations to watch again. So yeah, and the thing is, is this is kind of uh, I think you could probably say this is Eddie Murphy at one of the heights of his powers. Man, this is 1989. Yeah, it's right after his first two big movies, right? Beverly Hills Cop, Coming to America, uh, Paramount is expecting huge things from this movie. They kind of give him carte blanche to do what he wants. He always wanted to direct a period piece. Uh, so he gets it and uh, it makes a lot of money, but is a disappointment compared to those other two movies. And it's it's interesting, though, because like when you look at this and you just fr- from an on paper perspective in mm-hmm. 1989, what name other than Eddie Murphy could make this movie happen? I don't know that there could be. Because it's a majority black cast in a period piece from in the 1930s, uh, this is this is a tough sell in a in a weird way to like to say, hey, let's give this first time you know guy a director a director spot. He's going to write it. He's going to direct it. We're going to give him what is clearly a big budget because it's a it's a period film. So you got to have some bread to do that. Uh, and you know, put all these great other famous people in there. Three generations of uh, stand-up comedians within Red Fox, Richard Pryor, and uh, Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. himself. Uh, outside of Eddie Murphy, can you think of anybody who would be given the reins to do something this... Um, I, maybe, I don't know if audacious is right is the right word to use, but uh, well, it's big. It would, it would not be a star, right? Like, it would be a director. So, so you have to think, like, what are the other big period pieces in the mid-'80s to late-'80s, right? It's things like Cotton Club. Mm-hmm. It's uh, stuff like, um, uh, shit, why am I blanking? Oh, fuck. Was, ah, wasn't fuck. Lady Sings the Blues one of those? Lady Sings the Blues. Untouchables. Right. Yeah. Like all of these things. And it's all director driven. Right. Uh, Like these big studio directors at the time. Coppola, De Palma, Mm -hmm. those people. Right. Uh, So, no, I don't think that um, you would get necessarily um, this type of movie at this time from another big star. But Eddie Murphy was so big um, that he could really get paramount specifically to do whatever he wanted them to do. And in fact, it continued after this. They just didn't give him uh, complete creative control. We'll just let him run amok as Eddie is wont to do. We just won't, you know, give him the keys to the car 
per se. He can tell us where we're going in the car, but we're not going to let him drive. <laughs> yeah, or we're going to let him drive in a producer capacity, or right, like yeah, some kind of. Thing, he's got right? he's got control, and, and but remember, he's not the sole one. Harlem Nights did make money. It was a surprise hit because it got pretty poor reviews, but uh, black audiences particularly showed up for this movie and uh, it did pretty well. It just did not do uh, Beverly Hills Cop numbers. Well, and that's where Paramount's disappointment came out. And I, I, I would venture to guess, and you know, being a white guy, I don't really know this, but I'm going to venture a guess here and say one of the reasons black audiences probably like this is because this is a great hang movie. You know, there's uh-huh. there's a lot of people that I'm sure that in one way or another, they probably know people that are like this in their lives. And a lot of this kind of like, you know, the Red Fox and Della Reese going back at each other and all that kind of good stuff. But yet there's like a lovely little bit of heart in there between those two, because as much as they, you know, claw at each other and, you know, hate right. each other, they deep they down really each love each other, too. Yeah, it's yeah, great. All that stuff, yes. uh, yeah. Um. I think that's probably part of it. It's also like this is in the 1980s. This, uh, you know, outside of some of the up and comers, this is like the star studded black movie at this point. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's it's literally everyone that you would expect to be in an A picture plus Arsenio Hall because he's friends with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I love Arsenio, but that you know we'll talk about not, Arsenio's he's like part. A, he's not a big <laughs> dude at, at this point, right? Um, all, although all of it you have to remember is in context of you know coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why you know. Um, but everybody's in here. It's also uh, Charlie Murphy's first movie, I think. He's so young looking. I love it. I know. He's just a little baby. Him <laughs> the first little bit, yeah. And he's so reserved in like his his character is just such a like a, a just yes. Here are the matter of fact, and like he's it's not like a it's not a bad line delivery, but it's very stoic. It's very mm-hmm. like I'm here to be the guy who's got a level head on his shoulders, and uh, you know uh, go you know mouth off the facts when you need them, right. Yeah, he's God. He he. This movie really like demonstrates how good he was. I think, um, even as his first performance, because it really is him doing something quite different from what his brother is good at doing, mm-hmm. and that's nice to see uh be allowed to play out at some length. And especially like in in this particular time in Eddie Murphy's career. He is kind of known for, you know, it's, it's it sounds like this is demeaning but it's not. I I don't I don't think it's that way. But he's known right. for having like a particular range. He's he hasn't gotten well, to the yeah, Eddie he, Murphy that we would know later from your Dream Girls and your Dolo or uh, my name is Dolomite and things like that where he's gone into uh, much more dramatic performances. He's not that Eddie Murphy yet. No, he's very much even in this movie still the uh, you know, the He's got a little bit of, of that Eddie going. Murphy, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, uh, he, he's, he's definitely in full on, uh, comic persona mode. I think it's safe to say, but he's not chewing scenery like, like in a, in a good way, obviously like he would in like say Beverly Hills cop where he's really kind of going over the top. He's a little bit more reserved. I think all of the performances in this movie are quite good, uh, including Eddie Murphy's, um, which should not be surprising considering where he's gone in his career. Um, but I do think that the movie has a little bit of a flaw in that it is a little slow. Yeah, uh, this movie could could you could take a half hour out of this and it would probably be a better movie on account of it. 
and and notably that's a criticism that was lobbed against it at the time it, it was that it was a little slow and uh the pace could have been quicker um so i'm intrigued that that still seems to be my impression even though i like it uh quite a bit more than all of those older reviews seem to and it's mostly i think because i'm more forgiving with a lackadaisical pace especially when compared to something like uh like a judd apatow comedy right where Mm -hmm. uh you know some of them are quite good and some of them are funny people which is fine but has about 40 minutes too much in it yeah you're and and at the same time too as as good as funny people is that's not the judd apatow comedy that everyone you know says hey what's your favorite judd apatow comedy that's not the one that people are going to point at even though it's a good film you don't think of it in that same sort of apatow comedy umbrella Exactly. But what I will say is that I don't feel like this movie drags as much as when something like that happens. Yeah, at least with this, there's um, while the pacing is not hot, uh, there's enough involvement throughout the entire movie that you're always a little bit interested. And that's what I kind of want to transition into a little bit here and talk about this is that this movie is wild. It's kind of all over the place. And like and as silly and crazy and out there as it gets, it still kind of works. When mm-hmm. Arsenio Hall's character comes into play, you, screaming. what in the flying fuck is he doing? It's insane. He's but it, acting in a different movie, I think. Oh, he's in a completely... It feels like they had... Like, him and Eddie had a conversation early, and he was yeah. just like, yeah, do whatever you want to do. And he's like, whatever I want to do, whatever you want to do, baby. And then, But, hey, props to him. By the time that, like, in spoiler alert, his character meets his demise, but by the time that that character goes through his entire arc, by the end of it, you're kind of okay with the insaneness that's coming out of his mouth. Uh-huh. It's yeah, so I weird. Mean, yeah, it is. I think it's part partly acclamation, but also it does fit, right? Like out, it's outside enough that it kind of seems off at first, but there are things throughout, like very early on, there's that fight scene between Eddie Murphy and Della Reese, which is like one of my favorite things in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it is so over the top and uh, like almost cartoonish, right? Like him turning around after he's like knocked her down and uh her coming up behind him and him, him giving that dumb stare as everybody looks because they know she's gotten up behind him like like <laughs> what's this, the big deal <laughs> yeah right like that kind of thing um i think that it builds up to him coming in if if he'd come in that hot earlier in the movie it might have seemed way more out of place but where he comes in it's already kind of like established a little bit of a fluctuation between a really heightened sensibility and a really down low, low key kind of quality to the drama mm-hmm. um, that I think makes his character work. And and I don't I don't dislike Arsenio. My earlier comment about him uh, not being a big star is not uh, <laughs> is not meant to be a detractor. Here. No, it's uh, it's just like. He's not the person getting this movie made, right? That, like at this point exactly. in, his, in his life and his career. What's uh, give also it three more years, and you know he gets all kinds of stuff. He's on top of the but, world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also love about that scene. I think another thing that I think helps that and and uh, Arsenio's insane performance is the jokes 
because it's uh-huh. super like with the they've got these two guys who have these kind of Tommy guns and they are just shooting up this storefront where Eddie's kind of hiding behind there and and the third guy with his one single gun coming through and giving a shot every now and then is absolutely hilarious. I love yep. stupid ass comedy like that. Just like stupid sight gags and even the point where, where Arsenio's looking at him going, what the hell are you doing with that thing, man? It's just good. You know what I mean? You want your one ass bullet. Get out of here. Stop it. And like, and he still <laughs> continues to do it. And it's funny every stupid time. It shouldn't be, but God, it's funny. Yeah. And, and that's something that I really do appreciate about this movie as well. Like, like I remember it being as funny as it is. And I think it still is that funny, uh, which is a little surprising considering like how serious it actually is most of the time but mm-hmm. like the jokes when they land really do land and there's great stuff for everybody like prior gets really great moments murphy and arsenio get really great moments red fox and Della Reese get really ma- re- uh, great moments it really is ca- across the cast everybody gets a moment to shine and gets some really good one-liners but also some really good character humor uh, so it's not all one dimensional. It's not uh, early 90s Wayans Brothers kind of material. It's very well rounded character work that allows that broadness to land somewhere. It helps in better. it helps inform the story a lot of time and the characters within the story. So when you are listening to them and they're and they're doing these things, it feels like it's something natural. It feels like it's coming out of that situation as opposed to kind of, you know, being planted in there for whatever, you know, for for comedy's sake. It, the funny happens, but it doesn't feel like I, yet at the same time, I was going to say it doesn't really feel like it's it's there, you know, on, on uh, I don't want to say purpose to make you laugh because obviously they they are in there doing straight jokes that are oh, yeah. that mean, are hilarious. There are, there but are entire scenes where it's just them talking back and forth like it is a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, or or right? like just or, exchanging barbs at one another. It's of. it's like what if you saw a Tyler Perry movie, but all the interactions were funny. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because, like, Tyler Perry has that thing where there's all those people talking. None of them are fucking funny. They're all funny here. That's that's certainly true, I think. Uh, Or, like, what if if you had the cast of King of Queens, but that show was good? Yeah. That kind of thing. You You know? I I swear, you do watch this thing, and, and like, for me, I was just like, I would kill for a Red Fox in in Del show. Like, those two together... Would just make uh-huh. such a great dynamic for a weekly television show. I, I would absolutely watch that. He got not long after, and she got touched by an angel, and that was that. Yeah, and but Sadly. both both super great. And this apparently, like you said, Richard Pryor does a great job in this too. He has probably one of the most understated performances in everything. What I read was that this was actually shortly after he had gotten his diagnosis uh, for MS. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, and, that had to be something that was on his mind to see it uh, in in his uh, speech patterns a little bit. Um, he doesn't you know, seem the, like himself, like a hundred. It's like, you know, a lot of Richard Pryor stuff. He doesn't like he doesn't right. quite seem all there. He's rarely blinking, which I think somehow the blinking probably would set stuff off for him. Perhaps. I don't know. This is just a guess. Maybe. But uh, you can. But it's it's a little bit of a reserved performance for him. But honestly, it kind of works it works and i think you need to have it right like um it, it kind of reminds me of some of his work that he did um 
with Gene Wilder, where like in their movies, they would take turns, sometimes even within the same movie of one of them playing the straight man and one of them playing the 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 uh, buffoon. Yeah. Right. Um, and here he's he's essentially playing a straight man to Eddie Murphy. But he also gets to do some jokes. Yeah, there's there's still plenty of jokes for him to be had. So it's it's not like it's an unfunny performance because he does say a lot of fantastically funny things in the in the great way that you know only Richard Pryor could do it, and yeah. uh, it it works. You sell like it sold me this character who's looking after this you know kind of young orphaned boy uh, throughout his entire you know life essentially. And and I, and I bought that. It felt like this guy is, you know, just trying to take care of "quote unquote" his kid. Yeah, and and you get to you get the sense that like they have spent time together. This is not just uh, you know some scripted plot point necessarily. Like the, like the interplay between those two characters is very nice, and and the way that Pryor plays it with him as an adult as Eddie Murphy is nice. Uh, because it does feel organic and realistic, like they have this twenty-year-old relationship. It's comfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, which you know, I'm not quite. I'm a little fuzzy on my uh, stand-up history at this point. I know that Eddie Murphy had always considered Pryor like a huge influence. Oh yeah. Um, and kind of like the godfather of stand-up, uh, as far as he was concerned. Uh, but I don't know how close they were at this point. Uh, so I imagine they were friendly, if not quite close. And so some of that, uh, you know, familiarity certainly comes from off screen as well. Yeah. From what I read, uh, he actually prior thought that maybe Eddie didn't really love his performance in this, but then again, one of the, one of the big things about, you know, Eddie Murphy directing at this point is there's no other time where he probably could have been able to do this up until this point. And right. at that point, he is on top of the world. He is kind of the everyman. Like he, from SNL and blowing up into the Hollywood mm-hmm. movie career and everything. Um, it, even Eddie said, like, I, I kind of wish I would have taken more time. I wish I would have, you know, been a little bit more present while I was doing all this. And even Richard Pryor, to a degree, sounds like he was like, I'm not even 100% sure if Eddie really even, you know, liked what I was doing. So even he didn't quite know what was really going down and how everyone really felt. So I think uh, while it was interesting that it happened at this time, it it couldn't have happened at a in a worse way to a weird degree because his head's still in that you know superstar right. status mode and everything, and you may not care nearly as much as you should. Uh, but uh-huh. but and yeah, you're a little more up your ass than you want to be. Exactly. Uh, maybe maybe you're focused on your role as uh, you know the star of the movie a little more than as the director. And you're a partying guy. Or, you know he was yeah, he was an infamous exactly. party dude. So like oh, you know yeah. he was having a lot and of Pryor fun. Pryor had already done that shit. He'd already burned himself up and everything. He was like, I'm done. Yeah, I mean I'm not like doing that. Anymore. He was I'm fucking sick. Pryor said it himself. He was just like, God saved my life by giving me MS because if I didn't have that, I would have really ended up in a terrible, terrible place. So yeah. like he 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 thought ultimately that was a good thing for him. So he he's, he's past that stage. He prior don't need none of that. Past it at this point, yes. Uh, but overall, I mean, the movie it's it's a it's a good time. It is a little bit long. Oh, we need to talk real quick about uh, Michael Lerner and um, and uh, yes. Danny Aiello. Yeah, what do you what do you want to say? I think they're quite good they, as always. They are. It's um, they're kind of weird though. <laughs> they they like they in what way they don't it, they almost feel like they don't belong in this movie. <laughs> 
I I think that's somewhat true, but I do think that they both serve important points for like a lot of the subtextual elements with cops and mob being similar mm-hmm. uh, and operating uh, out of one another's back pocket, basically, uh, but and in a racially charged way. So I think part of that weirdness comes from I'm not entirely certain that that racial subtext is the best that it can be in this movie Mm -hmm. i think it gets a little bit of a short shrift like uh it's it's in there for sure yeah but it's not dealt with uh in any kind of outsized way or any direct way and i think that their characters make more sense in context of direct commentary and I don't know that that's what the film is interested in doing. So I, I get yeah. that they probably seem a little outside of it there. Um, but uh, once again, want to point out uh, both of these guys are like the go-to white actors for like <laughs> for a lot of for, yeah. Of, I mean, Danny Aiello is just like if you do you need a or do you have a majority black cast in everything in your film and you need a like a cranky ass old white guy? Danny Aiello is the one you go to. That, that's right because he can he can seem like he's going to get along with everybody while also being a racist. You want to fucking punch right in the mouth. Yeah, it's just like he's got one of those things that like you like whatever he's doing is like you kind of think he's despicable, but you don't always just hate his guts outright. You know? Well, it's it's magnetic, right? There's a there's something about him I think that is inherently likable and compelling just to watch. Mm -hmm. And that becomes a lot of the time, uh, indistinguishable from the characters he plays for me, at least I could see that where, where it's just like, yeah, I want to watch this guy, uh, do whatever, you know, what are your thoughts on Jasmine guy? Uh, because I'll say it, I I don't get her. Like, I mean, I she was on, like, the majority of us, I think, at least within our age group and everything, yeah. recognize her from a different world, which was, yeah. which you know, we watched that all the time when I was growing up. I uh, did as well. And I, I never really, like, I never thought she was super great. She played a very specific type of character in that show, to be sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but when, like, here, I don't know that she really brings too awful much to the party. I'm not sure. This is one of the movie's primary weaknesses, I think, is that like outside of uh, Della Reese's character, I think women are underwritten. So it's not just uh, her, but um, shit, what's her name that plays uh, Sunshine? I don't know, but the, I can't think of her name right off the top of my head. But Sunshine, I thought was uh, actually I love that entire little subplot with two of the with the two of those guys, and even mm-hmm. he like. As nutty and stupid as all of it is and things that you shouldn't want this character, this guy who's married and has kids and stuff, I I believed he loved her. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That sure. was really a yeah. convincing scene. And, like, you know she's playing him, but she does it so well that you're like, yeah, he probably would think she's absolutely in love with him because she's just got this great smile and awesome attitude with everything that he's doing. She's playing him like a fiddle. But I can understand why that dude would feel that way about her. And I thought that was just a really great job on everybody's part. Yeah, I I just think like in general though, like this is definitely a guy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh and you know I think Jasmine Guy is just fine. Um She's I not do bad. think her part yeah. her part is underwritten for sure. 
but I, I do think like Sunshine is a little one dimensional um, as, a, as a character as well. Like really the only woman I feel like you walk out of here knowing is Vera. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have a strong opinion on jasmine it's just like you know i I, liked her in a different world that's mostly the context i know her in. yeah so she's always just talking to Dwayne and just like just saying all the shit that she fucking says and that's why that's why you like that character she's kind of weird and strange Yep. and then when you see her in this movie it's just like i I don't know sometimes i'm just like is there anything behind those eyes i don't see much it just feels like she's kind of an empty shell it's just like a very pretty lady That there's nothing going on upstairs, and she's just like, I know the lines. I'll say the lines. Here are the lines you have told me to say. Do I get a check now? I'm like, that's how I feel. I just, I wish, I want to like her so much more, and I'm just like, I don't. You're not giving me anything to work with here, and that, and like you said, that may be a uh, a portion of the script that needs to, uh, you know, have some things done to it. But who's to say? But overall, uh, you know, she fits well enough. She does have the the elegance and everything that you would buy. Mm-hmm. That character, which I liked, yes. you, you didn't think like, oh, this is somebody just trying to put on. She just has this air about her. She can, you know, walk into a room and you're like, that's a dignified lady right there. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And I think that's ultimately what they were looking for. But uh, yeah, overall, I got to say this was my first time uh, watching Harlem Nights. I did enjoy it a little bit long, but in the time of uh, cholera and corona, you can stay home and uh, watch it out in chunks if you want to, you know? Uh, but just beware that by the time that you get to the Arsenio Hall section, you might just go, what the fuck am I watching here? Yeah. And yeah, that was that's about the time. So Marsha's never seen that movie either. And she was upstairs at that point, like doing stuff. And I was downstairs watching it and she just hears him screaming. And, <laughs> what is uh, going she, on? She just texted me. She's like, what the hell are you watching? I was like, it's Harlem Nights. It's got, you know, Arsenio Hall. She goes, oh, okay. He's just crying and screaming constantly, and that's the character. At first, I'm just like, yeah. oh, he's sad because they killed his brother. Well, he never stops. Not not for a half a second. It's just... I mean, he gives it his all. It is uh, balls to the walls, a thousand percent Arsenio. And yeah. uh, there's something about it where I'm just like, I fucking respect that. Good job, Arsenio. <laughs> yeah. And and I and I like it a lot uh, after all these years as well. I thought it was uh, still very good, very enjoyable. I enjoy seeing all of those people on screen together. Uh, it's really nice. There's like a couple of scenes where literally everybody's sitting around in the same room just shooting the bullshit. And uh, it's nice. Boy, I would love to have some uh, behind the scenes uh, stuff on that movie, man. They that from what from what yeah. the the what the internet says is that uh, if you thought the uh, the movie itself was funny, like behind the scenes was all just everybody just busting balls nonstop constantly. Just, like you've when got, you've got you a got handful of but, some of the funniest people in the world, it's yeah. gonna happen, you know. Yeah, you got four of them between uh, between uh, Eddie, Richard, Red, and Della. Like I can just imagine the four of them. You throw in everybody else, uh, you know, Charlie. Uh, fucking what's his name? That's in a dozen other yeah. Eddie Murphy. There, yeah, there, there's anyway, like there's a couple of Eddie guys. staples in there that you'll de- yeah. definitely recognize. Is like, oh, this is somebody that was like in his crew, one of his boys and stuff. And they're all good right. too. They're all great. Oh yeah, they're all good. I will say, uh, pound for pound, Eddie Murphy's crew better than the Sandler crew. Oh, I would say so. Yeah, by, by a lot. <laughs> Outputs not as much, but maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> Maybe pound for pound is the wrong phrasing there, considering uh, Rob Schneider's big head and Kevin James. I don't still. know. There's some big boys in that group. 
That's true. Some of those guys be be pretty heavy on that side, and I would I wouldn't I wouldn't put them up, I wouldn't brawl against them. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> Some big nope. dudes. Uh, so that's it, everybody. That's Harlem Nights. It's uh, currently available on Netflix. Please check that out. Uh, Matt, where can we follow on your social medias? Uh, give me a follow over on Instagram at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith. Uh, got pictures of dogs and uh, records I'm playing, uh, movies I'm watching. Dick Tracy comics I'm reading, whatever. Uh, it's it's you know a more enjoyable social media experience than my Twitter. You can find me on there. It's the same thing minus the uh, underscores. So very good. And of course, uh, Here Movie Podcast as well as uh, Clone Wars Thirty Questions, Mandalorian uh, Thirty Questions, and uh, all the other fun stuff out there. So please check all that good stuff out. That is it, everybody. Join us for another one of these fun mini episodes in not too awful long. Stay subscribed. Thanks for uh, reviewing us on iTunes and all that kind of good stuff. And we will see you guys next time. Honey, don't give me your money.